Welcome to the Active Ingredient Podcast, your destination for all things personal and professional growth. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and I am an intentional brand builder on a mission to inspire people to build not only their dream businesses that are fully in alignment and that actually feel good for them to be in, but more importantly, to create well-rounded lives that are in alignment with their values. I believe that we can only grow outward in proportion to how aligned we are internally, and that slowly but surely, we are all capable of creating lives that feel incredibly fulfilling to be fully present in. Hello, welcome back to the Active Ingredient Podcast. We have a solo today. It's going to be a general Q&A. And before we get into that, I wanted to call out for anyone listening that this episode is on video. It's on my YouTube channel. It's there. I'm testing it out. I'm just going to see how I feel about it. And this podcast is coming to you live from my new New York apartment. So if you wanted to see what that kind of looks like, it is a studio and it's literally made for an ant. Like I barely fit in here, but it is perfect for what I need right now. And I said this on the last solo, but yeah, I kind of semi moved back to New York. I'm in the city, which is so different for me. When I moved to New York right out of college, I actually lived in the city first for many, many years. And then I moved to Williamsburg and I was there for like four years. And coming back to the city is just, it's a different energy. I'm still getting used to it. I've only been here for two weeks at this point, a little less. And it's just a different energy. It really is. I think anyone who has moved out of Manhattan into Brooklyn knows that you get off the train and it's a big exhale. And I'm still getting used to what it's like coming home to an apartment in the city and then trying to find the exhale here. But it's been amazing. I am so grateful. This is something that I have dreamt of having and doing. And I'm just so excited, happy, and proud that the moment has arrived. So here I am doing the solo from my New York apartment. I'm still between Miami and New York, so I will still be going back and forth, but I am in New York more so now than I am in Miami for the time being. Well, So before we get into the Q&A, for this week's episode, I wanted to call out a few different things. First is that we did the first active ingredient yoga and coffee event in Miami. And I did it at the Mayfair house, which is an iconic hotel in Coconut Grove. It's actually where I work from a lot of the time when I'm in Miami. And I love it there so much. Truly, it is stunning. They have the best coffee. I mean, I have my top three coffee spots in Miami or in the Grove that are all kind of close to each other. And it's always a toss up to me between Mayfair and Sedell's. And if you know me, you know how often I go to Sedell's. Mayfair's coffee is so damn good at the Mayfair Grill, which is their their restaurant. And so we did a yoga flow. I taught it. I hadn't taught in a really long time. And I swear when I'm teaching a yoga class, I feel just I feel so alive and so present and I just want to do it more. I'm going to continue to be doing my YouTube reset videos, which I love because they're really the things that I do in the middle of the day when I need to reshift my energy. But I really want to get back to teaching in person and in full rooms and connecting with people on that level. I am likely going to start teaching in New York soon. So I'll give you more information when I have it. But I just wanted to call out that Mayfair is stunning. They offer yoga all the time. Every weekend, I'm pretty sure that they're doing yoga classes and they do it in this beautiful, huge atrium room. That's where I did mine. And it is stunning. It's, it's like I said, an iconic hotel in Miami that 
has this old school architecture with just a restored, clean, new, amazing Miami vibe. I really love being there. The staff is so kind, so attentive, and I will definitely be doing another active ingredient yoga and coffee flow there at some point this year, probably closer to like April, May. So with that said though, there's probably not probably with that said, there is going to be a New York active ingredient yoga and coffee event happening in February, because I told you from the beginning of this year that I'm committed to doing one active ingredient yoga and coffee event every single month between Miami and New York, wherever I am, because we need to hang out. Like we all need to be in community with people that are like-minded and it doesn't feel like a stuffy networking event. It just feels like people that want to do something that's good for you on a weekend and connect with people that are like-minded and similar to you in what you prioritize in life, which is really, really nice. And especially just to meet people in your city. Like it's hard. It's hard. I, I did a whole solo on making friends as an adult. It's hard. And I wanted to create spaces where people can do that. And then the second announcement that I wanted to give is that I really, really, really would appreciate it if you gave the show five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. It is incredibly important to the show. It is how the show grows. And you can do it easily on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. If you can do it on both, that would be amazing. And if you are watching on YouTube, if you can hit the subscribe button, that also really helps. The more of us that are having these conversations, the more impact, which is ultimately why I'm doing this. So it would mean the world to me if you can take a second. It's really the way to support the show. I would really appreciate it. So now without further ado, the general Q&A is something I'm going to start doing way more often. I put a question box on my Instagram, kind of like an ask me anything. And honestly, you guys really all submitted questions about brand building and work which is great. And I'll just continue to do that if that's the only questions that you guys have. But I, I do want to say that this is an open forum for any kind of question, because I do feel like anyone who is listening to Active Ingredient, you're definitely ambitious. You're going after it. You are creating things. And I totally get the questions on brand building. But if there are any questions that you have on the inner process, on relationships, friendships, how to navigate just the transitions that happen when you're on this journey. Not that I have every single answer, but I can assure you that I will give you the best answer that I possibly can. And I want to do just more general Q and A's because I find that when people have a question, so many more people have that same exact question. So first question is I wrote them down because I'm currently using laptop, my phone, everything is being used. So I have to literally write it down. The first question I'm doing three questions for today is how to find aligned opportunities, how to actually go about putting yourself out there for them. So, okay. First of all, beautiful question, because if you're looking for an aligned opportunity, that means that on some level, you know, what's aligned to you. So I would get extremely specific on what are the tasks or what are the services or how is it that you're actually going to be able to help that person? Because for example, for me, I work with clients, right? So when I think of what is the most aligned opportunity for me? I'm thinking about what is the client? Like what are all the characteristics of the client that I'm looking for? And what are the services? What are the things that I am offering? What are the things that are within my capability or the things that excite me to do that I can do for them? 
And so getting extremely clear on what those things are. And then when you are already aware of what you're aligned to, start paying attention to the, let's say that it's for clients, start paying attention to the brands that light you up. Start paying attention to the the creators that are talking about things that light you up. Start thinking about what it is about these things and get curious. I mean, the answer to most things in life is really to get curious, but get curious about what it is and then start doing research on not only them, but also other brands that are within that same or other companies that are within that same kind of world and seeing what they're currently doing and any gap or area where you think that you can improve for them or you can start something completely fresh for them or you can be of service to them. And then once you're clear on that, once you're like, oh, okay, I really think that I could help them amplify by X, or I could really improve their processes by this, or I think that I can help them expand, or I think that I can help them with their social strategy, or I think that I could help them with their website, or I think that I can help them as being talent for them or whatever it is that you really in your soul believe to be the way in which, because it's one thing to think this brand is cool. That's great. But another thing is to think of what are you bringing to the table? Because they probably have a staff already of people. I mean, maybe they are hiring, but for the most part, people have their teams, right? So what are the gaps that you can help fill? And then when you reach out to them, and then I'll talk about just the how of how to reach out, tell them what you would want to do for them. Tell them what it is that you have to offer to the table that you think would be beneficial to them. So I have a friend who is looking at different companies that could potentially use website development help. So it's thinking about, okay, looking at the website, what about the user experience is not optimal? Calling it out, obviously, in an emotionally intelligent way, not telling them like your website sucks, let me do this for you. But like, I think that your website is amazing. I am so gravitated towards what you're doing. I think that we can optimize this by X, Y, and Z. And here is a portfolio of the brands that I have worked with previously. If you do not have a portfolio, then I suggest, and I know that there's back and forth on doing free labor. And I think that if it's something you haven't really put yourself out there in this arena, I do think that having at least two to three proof points of things that you've done for other like-minded brands, even if it is for free, is so, so helpful. I I see it as an investment for your future self. So if you've already done it, if you already have a portfolio, then just showcase your work. If you don't, then I would work on maybe reaching out to a few people that you know or or brands just cold reaching out and asking if you can do something for completely free. Like, I just want to do this for you and show you what I can do just so you can build your case study and then go to the extremely aligned brands and be like, this is what I've done for X, Y, and Z. And I think specifically for you, this is what I would do. And so I do think that there's an art to this. Put yourself in the position of the decision maker. Put yourself in the position of either the founder or whoever is the decision maker on the receiving end. How can you make their life easier? How can you take something off of their plate and prove something so drastically that it's like, oh my God, how the hell did we not have this person on our team? How, how the hell did we not work with them before? How did we not contract them, hire them, collaborate with them, partner with them previously. They've been so great in our journey of growth. And it's like, it's about them. It's not really about you. And so how do you fit in that? And how can you, yeah, how can you make them shine more? 
is how I would think about it. And then in terms of the best way to reach out, I'm not afraid of a cold outreach, especially if it's intentional, but I just think you go so much further by way of introduction. So I would look at, is there anyone in your network that has any sort of tie to whatever aligned opportunity it is that you're thinking of and see how they can potentially introduce you. And then from there, you say all these things that I'm saying of like, wow, I'm such a huge fan of your company, of your brand, of what you're putting out in the world. And I would love to help amplify this. I would love to help support you, your team, whoever it is that needs the support. And I think that I can help maximize, amplify, grow whatever it is that you're offering by, and then three points by this, this, and this. And here, by the way, is an example of previous work and showing them the previous work that is in the same realm as what they're doing ish. So like for me, for example, I work in PR and brand building. When I am talking to new clients, I'm sending them portfolios, case studies of things that I have done for like-minded brands. In the beginning, I would be like, okay, this is a specific beauty brand. Let me show them other beauty brand things that I've done. And then maybe that specific brand really wants to focus on the founder story. So let me also show them what I've done for this specific founder and then just show them basically make it so that they can see themselves in it, you know, and that could be for brand building. That can be for website. That could be for creating for them, whatever, whatever it is that you're doing. So yeah, I would say the way to go about it is see if there's any mutual connection that you have, literally anyone and see how they can actually make an introduction, extremely long-winded answer, but I hope that, I hope that helped. Second question is for a startup with a limited budget, what would you say is the most important first PR step? Okay. So I'm going to assume that you have like no budget for this at all and that you're completely bootstrapped and that you are starting from, from the ground up. The first thing to do is if you've already launched and you are already getting orders, if you're already getting inbounds, if you're already getting follows or any sort of thing that you're seeing a wave of something come through, if you're already seeing that, figure out where those people are coming from. You need to figure out where the organic people are coming from first. That is step number one. That is, I mean, even if you have budget, you should always be super clear on where are people hearing about you? Who is the person? What are their qualities? How did they hear of you? Who are they telling? How are they telling them? Are they telling them via video? Are they telling them via word of mouth? Are they telling them via their podcast? How are people communicating about your product? That's getting them to make an action because if people are doing that organically already, something's working. So I would spend my budgets wherever that is. I would focus, depending on what you are offering the world, whoever is going to give you the biggest return. And the beginning months I would say is like testing that, like, is that press? Is that influencers? For Piano Piano, I will say that having aligned creators, aligned influencers talk about our product or post about our product has been the thing that has done the most for us. We really right now are just prioritizing influencers and press, because even though we're fully bootstrapped, like we really know the power and the ROI of, of the influencers. Like if we're gifting and this depends on the creator, some of them will gift them a coffee mug and that will turn into five coffee mug sales. So that 
that return makes sense to us to gift someone one thing to get five, you know, you do that over and over again. And that's, that's a great marketing channel, but it takes time to figure out who those people are and how much product you have. That's super dependent on what you're also offering. If you are a service-based business, I would say service and product, both of them, but specifically with service, your reputation, your network, the people that you've done the service for previously, that is your number one priority. Making sure that whatever it is that you're offering is a plus plus service so that then they refer you. But service-based, I would really focus your budgets on finding ways to amplify the results of the service. So for example, if you're a service-based business that offers, let's say, I don't know, massage, okay? You are a massage studio and you want to amplify however it comes naturally the results of people who come to you for a massage. Or if you're a coach, how can you amplify the results of people who have used your service? And so that could be investing in putting paid spends on a video that maybe one of your clients sent you on a testimonial. Um, that could be investing in, if you're a service-based business and everything is through word of mouth, that could be investing in doing a dinner series where you're inviting like-minded people to bring in one person that you don't know yet and network that way. You can find different ways that feel aligned to you, but this is what I say to my clients and I say this to myself all the time. Do for a service-based business, what, however it is that comes naturally for you to connect with people, because networking, like I said, is the most important thing for all businesses, but like however you naturally connect with people, naturally, like that you, you feel like it's your thing. One of my clients, she's such an entertainer at her core. She loves to cook. She's an entertainer. Like that's how she, and I, I'm so excited because this year she's going to be doing way more of that, but having people come gather over a meal that she's created, like that is a way that is so organic and natural and like doesn't need to cost that much money. So I really don't think that like you have to spend that much to start seeing traction. Of course, like the more that you are clear on the channels that make sense for you and you can put money and put uh, flames to the fire. Is that the saying? Whatever. You know what I mean? Like you can amplify something that's working with money, which is great. But I think that there's something so powerful, especially if you're bootstrapped to test out in a scrappy way, what actually works versus just dumping money across all different channels to see what works. It's like being strategic, being in the weeds kind of in the beginning to see what actually works, what type of creator works, what type of networking thing works, what type of paid ad works. Like seeing which ones are actually you're seeing some traction in like me me and geeky started seeing what was working in the first month in the first month we could tell you okay we were, we had like a ton of different pieces of press come through some of them did turn into sales by the way like we could see in the back end that like some of them did turn into sales so it's like okay which ones are we going to be doubling down on that are actually working and then which ones are we going to still do but with the, with the knowing that like they are not immediate sales because also, by the way, if you're bootstrapped and you are starting this yourself, the name of the game is keeping cash in the business. Like you just have to have money so that you can also invest in other things. If you have product like we do to invest in inventory, if you you just need cash. So like also whatever it is that you need to do to 
keep that moving with the ones that are already working or with the channels that are already working, focus on that. And something that I heard at a conference once that really stuck with me is like, once you know what that is, 80% of your time should be spent doubling down on what's working 80%. And of course, within that 80%, you can tweak in there and see, let's see how this works within something that we already know that works. 20% should be focused on trying completely new channels and seeing, because you, there might be a channel that you're like, Oh shit. Like I, I was totally sleeping on this and this actually ended up being way more fruitful than all the other things, letting yourself be open to seeing what other things could work. But if you already have insight and data on things that are working, 80% of your time, energy, money goes to that. 20% of it goes to testing and seeing. So I hope that that answered your question above all else networking. And also I don't want people to overlook this or eye roll or whatever, but before doing any of these amplification tools, I've said this 5,000 times on this podcast, is the product, service, software, whatever it is that you are sending out into the world, is it at a place that you are so incredibly bought into? You have self-validated it fully, entirely, and completely. You know that this thing is better than what's out there, that it is an incredible solution, that it is just so much. It's something that has to be out there in the world so that you think like, man, like I am so proud to be talking about this. Like, are you at that point? Because if that's where you're at, all these other things that I'm talking about, that's going to, you're going to be able to get there in a way more easeful and flow way, but start there. Then from there, networking, 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 listen, 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 listen to the customers, listen to where you're at, listen to where people are coming from, listen to what it is about your business that they're talking about. For me and Kiki, we were listening to the fact that they really care that it's sister founded. They do. They, a lot of people are, when they introduce us to someone else, they're like, oh, we love this brand. It's sister founded. That is something that we're listening to because that's what we're being identified as. And for right now at this stage in our business, we're like, okay, like that's how we're being seen. And that feels right. And great. Like we're just listening. So listen, listen, listen. Pay attention to your current feedback. And then from there, 80% double down on what you're doing, 20% try out new things. Again, a little bit of a ramble, but it's me, right? Um, okay, third question. Uh, your founder story of starting New Nation. This is a very kind question. Thank you so much for asking. And my founding story of Nude Nation is, I think, a relatable one to a lot of people who have started their own agencies. And it is that I have been in this brand building space my entire career. I worked at MTV in their press department, and then I worked at several different agencies out of college. And I learned so much. I was on incredible accounts. I feel like I was in the PR boot camp of agencies. And I just remember having this feeling of like clients coming to these agencies and like a ton of people being on these accounts and really only one or two people actually working on the account and seeing the actual output of what was happening for these accounts and thinking if my parents who have their own business, because I didn't obviously have my own business at the time. So I was just always thinking about it from the angle of if my parents were spending this retainer budget on this team, knowing 
who was actually working on it and and what was actually getting done and the amount of money people were spending on it, I would be livid. This is my honest, this is my honest, like I had that feeling so clearly. And then I just, I had like a lot of different things come up for me while working at different places of like, I mean, at the time that I was at different agencies, there were just services that weren't being offered that I thought like the space was moving so fast in the direction of influencer. And I was like, we really need to be doing collaboration between press and influencer. Like those two things go hand in hand. Press isn't going to care. They're watching influencers to see what it is that they're going to be covering. So I started to do a lot of those things myself within my clients at agencies. And I was like, I want this to be a part of the scope, not something that I'm just doing on my own accord to make things actually like have traction and doing things more intentionally and also having more agency on who it was that I was representing. Because when I worked at a lot of agencies, I was just put on accounts that I was like, oh my God, I I have like, why am I on this account? Like, I remember I was put on a dog food account. I say this story all the time. I've never had a dog in my life. It was a dog food account. And I didn't know how often dogs ate. And I know that when you're good at it, you can do it for whatever. And that's fine. But that's just like not how I want to live my life. Like I, my line is so blurred between what I do for, for fun and for work, because I genuinely love what I do so much. And every single client that I work with, I believe in with my full heart and soul. And when I, was at these agencies, I I felt a disconnect. I just felt like I was forcing myself to have to be this cheerleader for something that I didn't actually, I didn't know diddly squat about it and I didn't want to be doing it. And I just wanted to find a way to create an agency or just a way of working really. Like I didn't really think like this agency, like I, I really just wanted to work with people that I wanted to work with. It's that simple. I wanted to have more freedom in my life and create the the space and how I wanted to go about my day to day. I wanted to be able to be more flexible in how I did scopes, depending on what the client was, instead of just saying, this is the only thing that we do. No, depending on what's working and what's not working for the client, this is how we extract the thing that is interesting, or this is how we can amplify this specific thing, or this might be a new revenue driver, or this might be a cool way that we can bring in other people from the industry and collaborate on something and make noise around something that's important. And that is what gave me kind of like the push to do it. And so I was at a really small agency. And I was really just like not feeling it. Like I, I, this was my last job before I started new nation. And I felt so out of integrity, the way in which that business was running, I was like, not into it. And I had gotten an email from the butcher's daughter, which is a restaurant in New York. If you don't know in New York and LA, actually, they were one of my clients at like a few agencies before. And I just stayed really good friends with them. And they were opening their Williamsburg restaurant, which is like I said, I, I lived there. They were like, would you do the opening for us? And I was like, uh, yeah, 1000%. I can literally do this with my eyes closed. All of my money goes to Butcher's Daughter anyway. Like I might as well work with you guys on this. And so Butcher's Daughter was my first client. And this was I think that this is why I like doing things when you're so naive and like also I was naive, but I also knew where my safety nets were. Um, Not that I had savings. I mean, literally, I thought, OK, if I can't pay rent or I have to move back to Miami, I was like, I'm not going to be homeless. You know what I mean? Like I can go back to my parents house. I can figure it out. And I just had Butcher's Daughter as a client. And I remember one of their investors. I don't even know if she remembers this. I'm, I'm good friends with her. So I have to remind her that she's a big reason why I started. She was the one that said, 
go for it. If not now, when are you going to do it? Do it now. You absolutely have what it takes. And that's a really beautiful part of the story is like, be that person for someone else. She was that person for me who I just respect her so much and her believing in me and saying, absolutely. Like you can do this yourself gave me that fire that I needed to do it, that I just went for it. And I've said this before on the show, when you act in a courageous way, when you put yourself out there, when you do something new in the pursuit of something that's aligned to you, the universe conspires and meets you. There are forces that meet you where you're at and will literally do things that you feel like are impossible in order for you to keep going. It's not just you doing it, but you have to take the first step. And so when I made that first step, then all of a sudden I got a ton of inbounds from other, like I let go of that job. I literally only had butcher's daughter as a client. And I was like, I don't know how the hell I'm going to pay rent. Like I literally was like, I can pay rent for the next two months. And then your girl, who knows what the hell I do. But in that month, because I had left the job, I was working at butchers. I was posting about working with butchers all the time that I was consulting for them, that I was doing PR for them. I was letting myself be visible in what I was doing. Then all of a sudden, a ton of my editor friends and people that I had worked with previously were like, wait, are you doing that? Okay, great. Let me introduce you to this person. And let me introduce you to this person. And yeah, my beginning retainers were like a joke of how much people were paying me, but whatever, it, it got me started. Build up your reputation, build up your case studies, build up what you want to offer the world. What are the services that you can do for other people and present it in a way that will attract other things that are like that. So since I started my goal with Nude Nation, nude to me means transparency. That's why it's called Nude Nation. It's always been about transparency. It is a collaboration. It's not just me doing this and the client has no idea what the hell's going on. My clients know every single thing that's happening in their in our relationship with them every single week. And that's intentional. And so I just love people that are like that. I love working with clients that are like that. I love working with brands that are transparent. And that's kind of how it started. And then everything has been really pretty much word of mouth from then. And organically have also been really big into the space of thought leadership. I think that because I'm just like so gravitated to humans who are in their sauce, which is also why I interview them on this podcast. I, I love seeing people like I love being able to see them, see what it is that excites them, see them in their sauce and know that that sauce is so potent and powerful. And like, how the hell can we get this thing out there to help as many people as we possibly can? That's what I love doing. And so I feel like, yes, I work with physical products, services. I've done really anything, tech, restaurants, all of it, but it's like, the soul behind it and getting that soul to be the one to speak about it because someone can talk about the product in their own way, which is definitely that has use and its power. But when you hear the creator of that talk about it, that is where the magic happens. I am so passionate about doing that for people. And it comes so naturally to me when I see someone in their sauce, I'm like, yes, like, yes, like, okay, that is PRable. That is something that needs to be on this. That needs to be on this podcast. That needs to be here because that that truth needs to be amplified. It has to. And so, yeah, that's that's how Nude Nation started. This was another literal ramble and monologue, but I hope that this was helpful. This was obviously way more in the work sphere, but I am planning on doing more of these. I mean, I'm, I do have some exciting interviews with some incredible humans lined up 
And I'm going to continue to do solos and Q and A's. So feel free to send them in. You can DM me them. You can, I'm going to put my email in the show notes. You can email me questions. Thank you so much to everyone who did submit questions. And I'm going to keep it to three per episode because literally look at how I just rambled for, I don't even know how long this has been. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. And thank you for supporting the show. If you can please, like I said, give the show five stars wherever you listen. If you're watching on YouTube, if you can hit the subscribe button, that really, really helps the show. I'm going to continue to do my five minute reset videos of when you need to just move your body, shake in the middle of the day, uh, twist, get a little flexible, breathe, all of these things I actually do. And I think that they help me so much with all the different things that I have going on in my life. Having little micro moments of reshifting my energy back to the actual intention of what it is that I want to do helps me so much. And it's a practical thing that you can include in your life. I wanted to just continue to offer them. And it honestly also selfishly, like it's helping me keep teaching, which is like what I love doing so much. So thank you so much for listening. If you're watching, thank you so much for watching. And I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for getting to the end of the episode. And more importantly, thank yourself for choosing to learn more about how to come home to yourself. As always, take what resonates with you and simply let go of what doesn't. I would really appreciate it if you can give the show five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen, because that's the way that the show will continue to grow. And we are all about growth here. I'm sending you so much love and I will see you next week.